following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang Bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 115 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. Mistake. And this is part two of the Brody King double feature. Of course, this week we're talking Scream. We're reviewing the movie Scream. Uh, last week we did Beetlejuice with them. Uh, but of course, this is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring you brand new episodes right here every, normally every Monday. But this episode, just like last week's, coming out Tuesday. Uh, if you aren't already, make sure you're following us over on uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's at PWTCast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon as well. We just put up a real fun episode of uh, us reviewing Sean of the dead uh we have uh this week uh an upcoming episode for scrump and stick detective agency our sort of uh conspiracy theory cryptid uh unsolved murder it's just kind of our spooky little show that we do bi-weekly um talking about dracula you know the, the legend of vampires and then this friday we'll have a, another movie review for scrump and stinks family video talking about what we do in the shadows um dave in sort of keeping with the with the spookiness with the spooky vibe have you watched the trailer for uh resident evil welcome to raccoon city yes what did you think so uh i've been a resident evil fan like since the playstation one days you know i played one two and three and then four was like a gamecube exclusive for a while and then i kind of like lost touch with the series I, I kept up with it but like i didn't really play it and then of course now when we got playstation four and five we've got resident evil seven and then resident evil village have become real popular again they they shook it up um and when the first resident evil movie came out i was really excited because like i always thought wow this would be perfect and this was really before like the zombie saturation hit right like zombies were still kind of fresh and no one had figured out how to do it properly outside of like george romero and you know I don't know how you feel about the Resident Evil movies, but like I felt like they just got shittier and shittier and shittier. And it, it kind of falls into those, you know, those little uh, lists of like the worst video game movies ever. And they just can't seem to get it right. Now, fast forward to Raccoon City trailer, like they have so much homage to like those original Resident Evil games. I saw the trailer and I was super, super impressed. Uh, I'm very excited. And like the one thing that like, I, I haven't really heard a lot of people mention, they have like an homage to the very first zombie that you see in the game, Resident Evil one or, or biohazard. If you're in Japan, you know, you're searching this mansion and then you finally stumble across a dark room and the zombies eating someone's head. And then he turns around and looks at the camera and that's when you're first like, Oh shit. And they did it in the trailer, and I popped big, and I'm I'm very excited. This is going to be, you know, whether it turns out to be complete dog shit in the actual viewing, uh, I don't know. But Netflix has a pretty good track record. I mean, like, if you go through Netflix, there's a lot of shit, but, like, the stuff that they really focus on and the stuff they advertise, normally pretty good. How about you? Uh, well, see, I'm someone I've... I think I've watched all the movies. Like I know the first. I really like the first two. Like I'm someone I've, I've never played the games, um, in depth. You know, yeah. like I like I've 
I remember so I remember when the first one came out. This was when my sister and I would have been kids and um uh Sandra, Jesus' sister, my godfather Jesus. Um shout out Jesus. Shout, hey, shout out Jesus and Lucy. They are uh, celebrating yeah. their anniversary today. So shout out Jesus and Lucy. Aww. But Sandra, his sister, she would put it on, or it might have been his other sister. One of them would put it on, and I remember just like, what the fuck? Like being like scared almost just seeing yeah. like because again, at that point, the most violent video game thing i would have been ex- like uh i would have experienced would have been like a mortal combat which um right. not really that yeah, yeah you know but these resident evil it was different um but i, I, I just i never really played the games um and I, I i watched the first movie i i watched the second one i feel like those two are kind of just good movies you know like yes. they're fine and then afterwards was when like so I, the way I, the way I phrase it, I, I was actually talking to Castro about this. The way I, I like to explain it is the first two first two movies were like, wow, I kind of want to play the games now. And then every other sequel that came out afterwards was like, wow, I never want to play these games just because. Uh, again, me as an outsider, I'm like, well, this is fucking garbage. I I don't want to you know I don't want to play this. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, with this trailer, and I and I've I've gone on my way to watch those like videos, you know, the like 114 things you missed that'll like oh ref- like you know like you mentioned that the you know reference to like the first zombie that you see in the game and and things like that. I'm like okay, like that's that's cool because <sighs> with movies like movie property or video game properties being made into movies and or TV for the longest, it's. Um, some people have tried harder than others you know right. like i feel like it's almost kind of now that they're starting to get down to the formula like you know i talk about like sonic was fucking awesome detective pikachu was really great um and so i kind of feel like now they're just like finding that niche because i know they did that witcher show i've not watched it but i know a lot of people did and it's you know like very successful very you know very much popular with with that crowd so um yeah i think you know resident evil kind of lends itself to something that if taken seriously and if following the source material uh, to an extent, because there's always room for it to change things up, um, that it can be very good. And yeah, like I saw this and I was just like, holy shit, like this looks fucking yeah, it awesome. Real, it looks so good. I was, yeah, I, I'm excited. And like you said, yeah, I, I do think like the first movie, the first Resident Evil movie, not what I was expecting, but good. And then the second one is like, you know, the continuation of the first. And then it, it felt like they just kept going to the well too much. And then also, like, I don't know what, what it is with Mila Jovovich and doing like shitty adaptations of things. But like my daughter used to play uh, Monster Hunter, which was like a big, you know, RPG where you fight gigantic monsters. And then they did the movie with Mila Jovovich. And I was really excited because like I got it for my daughter and I was like, oh, and then she's like, it was nothing like the game. This movie sucks. I was like, oh. I was like, poor Mila Jovovich just signing on to these shit projects. But um, yeah, I can't wait. It's it's it looks good. It looks like there was care and thought, and that's really the thing. Like you see, like these movie or these video game adaptations, they're never like what the game is about. Like famously, Super Mario Brothers, which is making a comeback. Everyone's watching the old Super Mario Brothers movie again, weirdly, but like they would take a popular thing and then strip it of everything that made it popular and then just remake something and then slap a name on it. It, it was, it's like the weirdest concept. They did it with X-Men for a little bit, 
Um, and now we're now we're starting to get closer to comic accurate stuff. So I think people are starting to figure out just give them the thing that they like in live action. That's all you got to do, and they'll be happy. No, definitely. And it's just funny enough because like a franchise that sort of reminds me of that of kind of like what we're talking about is the Transformers franchise because I like I've mentioned to you like I I really like that first one and then after that I just fucking hate them all (laughs) like because it's almost like they learn the wrong lesson from the first one. yes you know um but i i saw and i remember forever i was just like oh, i don't want to watch it but i uh, like a, a few months back I, I know i talked about it on here i saw uh bumblebee and it was really good like really yes. like way better than it should have been and um it had john cena in it as well but they recently just put out like because and i forgot that they were doing it but they're doing uh it's called transformers rise of the beasts which is like a sequel to it like this is all like i guess it's still connected within that universe but these are just sort of prequels of like because they've been around for a while you know up until old sam witwicky um but yeah like it, it looks cool because like i remember like the the was like the beast wars like transformers beast wars or whatever yeah like i remember there was like a game for the 64 that i would that I would play and there was this kid who lived down the, the street from us who had like all all of them. I had one Transformer toy, one of the beast toys. It was like a raptor. He had all of them. So it was just yeah. always fucking awesome getting to play with that. But also like again like I mentioned when some of these franchises fall short and you again they they have one successful outing and then they sort of just take the wrong idea from all the other ones and it's like uh you know like it just turns me off them like that's why that's why i don't watch the fast and furious movies or that's why i I stopped watching the transformer movies because it was just not good but um bumblebee was really good and this sequel should be awesome and again like you know bringing it back to resident evil like that one looks fucking good like i know you mentioned that monster hunter one i remember paul telling me i I don't know if he watched it but i remember him he's like yeah it doesn't really look like the game because it was something he was familiar with as well and like i remember a few years back they tried doing like a warcraft world of warcraft movie and it's like i don't know man some games you just can't make it to movies just don't work yeah i mean i remember i did watch the warcraft movie i I never actually played the game but like i was like this is okay I, i don't know that the world needed it but it was all right yeah, I mean, like, I'm, like, there's some games that sh- that would make for a perfect movie. Like, you know, like, The Last of Us are making it into that HBO show. Um, yes. There's the, uh, oh, God, the one with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland that's, like, uh, uh, Uncharted. Uncharted, they're, they're doing that. Yeah, like, again, I've always been a big uh, proponent of Bioshock, uh, the, so at least the original ones, like, would make for an awesome, like, HBO-style show. Uh, yeah maybe it'll happen one day probably not but again you know like not ev- not everything has to be made into a tv show um that every game probably has to be made into uh, a movie or show i mean like you know take this this year's mortal kombat you know i enjoyed it some of the diehards hated it and it's like yeah i guess like you know you're- yeah it, it, it's weird because like you have to decide: do I do I cater to the casual people, or do or do I casual, or do I cater to the hardcore fan that you know, the the type of person that would make a, a video, the one hundred things you missed in the trail. You know what I mean? The the people that notice every reference. I mean, those are the people that would enjoy a faithful adaptation more than anyone. But you know, 
I think you cater to the fans because like why else make a movie about a fandom? But uh, I think I think we're starting to Marvel got it start started getting things right. You know, they made changes, but people didn't get too upset about changes to things because it, they made sense. But they got enough of the stuff that was familiar to us. Right. And that's really all we cared about. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, you know, people are always like, you don't have to follow the Marvel formula. And it's like, well, I mean, like if you do it right. Good formula. It's, it's, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a pretty good formula to follow. Um, yeah. Speaking of trailers, like you and I were, were, were kind of talking about it too. There was a House of Dragon, which I'm I'm shocked. I saw nobody talking about this. Like nobody talking about yeah. it. It's it just the, of course, it's the the Game of Thrones spinoff based on House Targaryen. You know, um, of course, you know the, the Targaryens and, and and Game of Thrones. You know, they they ruled over you know Westeros for. For quite a while until the Mad King, uh, you know. But yeah, like it. How did you feel? Because at least with me, it, it, it's just like I don't know, like. I've always like I don't know. Maybe should have. Maybe should have just invested that money in just redoing that last season. Yeah, I mean, I have opinions about that sort of thing too. Like the the Snyder cut, I guess worked. I was I wasn't a big fan of it, but like, you know, there's this idea that like, well, let's go back and fix the mistakes. Sometimes that could work, I, but there's there's a part of me that's, that kind of feels like you're double dipping, right? Like, so you got you got all those viewers for the shit version, and then you make the new version, and now you get all those viewers again. But I kind of feel like this House of the Dragons thing is it's too late, and what what I mean by that, like in economy class in uh in high school they taught us about utility and that in that um the example our econ teacher would use is imagine you like marshmallows and someone hands you a marshmallow and you're like wow that's good that really hits the spot and they give you another one it's even better but eventually if you're forced to eat the whole bag of marshmallows you hate marshmallows by the end of it right Mm -hmm. and then if i were to equate game of thrones to marshmallows oh great marshmallows and then toward the end we had to wait for the marshmallows, and by the time we got the marshmallows, they were stale and a little moldy. <laughs> and then now, the last thing you remember is eating stale, moldy marshmallows, and you're fucking sick of marshmallows. And then they wait a couple years and like, hey, how about some more of those marshmallows you last remembered? And you're like, I don't want any more of this shit. Just fucking throw the bag in the garbage. And that's kind of what, you know, they left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Like, I've never seen a, a show so universally loved with a last season that was so universally loathed and hated. And like, I think the time to do this would have been maybe run parallel productions. And then in between the seasons of game of Thrones, do stuff like this little mini series that kind of like keep the the appetite a little wet for the main course that's coming next season. And they just, I don't know how you feel, but like Game of Thrones, the, the wheels fell off the wagon at the end and they just couldn't keep the momentum going. And then they just fucked everything up. And by the time we got the finale, no one was going to be happy with anything, no matter what they did. And then when you end on a sour note like that, you can't just say, hey, we got more of this stuff you ended up hating. You want more? And nobody's talking about it. You're right. I, I haven't heard a single person say, man, I can't. Ooh, more Game of Thrones stuff. Give it to me. No one's thinking that. Yeah, it's 
so funny enough, like last night I was uh, I was talking about it with a friend of mine because I I made a Game of Thrones reference and it just went right over her head, and you you know she was like, oh that like I don't know I've just I've never gotten into it and I've heard from several people who are, who are like I wanted to get into it, but everyone talks about how much that last season sucks. So it's like not worth it because that's why that that's exactly why there's certain shows I've just stayed away from. You know, yeah. I'm like I don't want to invest into eight seasons of Lost. And yeah. then it and it shits the bed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Like, do you do you think there's a world in which this kind of people kind of forgive, you know, Game of Thrones for that last shitty season and that this blows up, or do you think it'll just be like a, a one, two season kind of thing and like, yeah. I think I think it depends. So I honestly really feel like this show is the sacrificial lamb to the fans. But the problem is this show has to stick the landing and get perfect tens. Um, and it's got to it's. But the hard part is all the all the people that we've the hard the, the hard thing about Game of Thrones in general is and it was part of the thrilling formula. But at the end, it got tiresome is you would invest in a character and it could the character could die at any second. You know what I mean? Almost every beloved or, you know, any character you love to hate would just they'd be gone Khal drago Littlefinger, fucking uh edard stark you know and that was that was kind of good but then again it's like you give it to you too much and then you're like all right who's who's dying this week and so now you have a show full of characters that you're not invested in and no one has any faith in it and it's and the other thing is it's not i don't know if George R. R. Martin's done any of the writing or consulting for this, but like part of the Game of Thrones is it was like a beloved book franchise that was ongoing. And once they got past all the stuff that George Martin wrote, that's kind of when we started seeing some failures. So like it really did like if this show does good and gets good word of mouth, maybe, but I I, I kind of don't I feel like nobody cares. And there's also shows that are great that nobody cares about, right? To, through no fault of their own, they just don't stick for some reason. And so I think this, I think this is going to suffer the the fate either way. If it's really good or bad, I don't think. I think people are just going to be indifferent. Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely think of it. I'll watch a few episodes. You know, like yeah, I'll give I'll give it a try for sure. Definitely. I've invested this much time already. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, speaking of, I, I know you wouldn't have watched it, but I, I saw the 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 season the season finale for for what if uh, it was good, it was fine, you know. That's what I heard, yeah, yeah, n- nothing, uh, nothing groundbreaking. Um, I am excited though that uh, the Hawkeye TV show and Eternal Eternals, I believe, comes out in like what two weeks, something like that. Yeah, so uh, that's one of those movies too. I'm I'm afraid might not do well because it doesn't seem like a Marvel movie. Hmm. Like it doesn't look like a Marvel movie, and and you know, hats off to them for doing something different. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it, it kind of it doesn't have that Marvely feel to it. So I don't know if people will accept it. And and also, you know, this happened with Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was so colorful and so wacky that Guardians just couldn't help but succeed. This one, I don't know. I I I really can't tell by the promotional materials, how, how it's going to do. I'm going to watch it and I'm excited for the table setting it's going to do for a lot of the cosmic Marvel stuff. But, uh, this one I think is a little bit of a gamble. 
Yeah, I mean, I I get what you mean, you know. But think like to me at least, thankfully, it seems to be a little bit on the um on the longer side. So yes. hopefully there will be enough in there to sort of in order of uh, supplementary material to kind of explain well why weren't they involved with this? Why why didn't they help with that? And um, right. that it'll be enough to get people emotionally invested into these characters because like the one thing with the Marvel like. The next time we see an Avengers team, like it's not going to be the one that we're familiar with, you know? Yeah, it's going to be completely different. Yeah, and that's exciting. There is something yeah. exciting to that very much in the same way when like, um, uh, so are you a fan of that 70s show? Uh, I, yeah, I was for a little bit. Yeah. So they just announced that, uh, they're, they're doing a, a sequel, the 90s show. that 90s yeah. show, um, but it's going to include original cast members uh with that there will be new cast members you know because i mean you can't you know you can't just have will Valderamo come in and carry the show at his back uh you know so there will be newer cast members and that i feel like one of the one of those instances in which um you know you'll you'll have old characters you're familiar with but you also have new characters that you get invested in you know and uh i think that's pretty cool like i'm excited for that because again much like with this eternals movie it'll introduce us to a whole bunch of new people we've never met who i'm sure will become familiar with some probably not stick around um but again you know it's also introducing us into the character of the of the black knight you know uh in john snow you know man loves being a black knight apparently uh so that's exciting you know i'm just i like i'm 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 sort of at the point right now where it's just like, give me more new. Like I saw that they announced like a show about Agatha Harkness and I'm just like, Oh, I don't care because like I already met her. I already saw it. Like at this point, it's like, give me new. I want all new, you know, like I, I just, there's so many toys and it's, it's like, Oh, it's going to take so long to, to introduce everyone and finally kind of get the ball rolling that like, don't waste my time with an Agatha Harkness TV show. I already know her. I like her. She's cool. Now, fucking, you know, give me all the, yeah. the the newer people, all the other toys that we haven't played with yet. I I will say, what what a marvel, you know, for all the shit that's happened in the last two years in the world, we will say last four or five years, right? And just everything's falling apart. But what an embarrassment of riches that we have in uh, these comic book properties that we're like. There's a possibility to have a spin-off series for Agatha Harkness. Like, like the fact that we're getting so granular on stuff like this is awesome because like who would have thought? Who would have thought that we would have so much content that we would have got down to like a Z-list character? You know what I mean? That like most people don't know, but now like Agatha Harkness, like more people know now about Agatha Harkness than ever knew about her in the history of the earth. You know, including any time she was relevant in a comic book run. And it's just, it's so cool that, that we're able to say stuff like, all right, let's move on from this character. Let's get let's get the good stuff going again. And, like, there's so many different options we can still go. Like, um, I often wondered, like, when does Marvel hit a point where they reset and then we get, a, you know, a Steve Rogers and a Tony Stark again? It's probably not going to be for another 20 years. They have so much stuff that is still untouched. It's amazing. It's an embarrassment of riches, as you say. Yeah. Um, Dave, this I, I imagine this will be a little bit of a longer episode as well, like it was last yeah. week. So, um, yeah, again, 
you know, we love Brody. Um, I, I the one, one thing I do want to want to mention is just very quickly is that I saw this weekend's GCW show. Um, you had the Briscoe brothers show up, which is an indicator of you know that Ring of Honor is finally starting to to let people go through this forbidden door. And, and if there's anyone that I want to see go through that forbidden door, uh, it's our buddy Brody King because yes. um, he's just someone who I'm just like I want to see him wrestle everybody. I want to see him wrestle Punk. I want to see him wrestle Kenny. I want to. I just want to see him wrestle Josh Alexander. I want to see him wrestle everybody. Um, so ho- hopefully that is an indicator of, of what's to come as far as the world of wrestling. Um, but yeah, I I, I can't wait. Uh, so. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode um, with the one and only Brody King himself. Dave, we continue week two of uh, the Brody King double feature. Of course, last week we talked Beetlejuice with the man, and this week uh, we're talking Scream. Uh, funny, like funny enough, with Scream, I was I'd always heard prior to this, and I, and I don't know about YouTube, but I'd always heard like. If you watch the trailer, it makes you think that Drew Barrymore is like a main character, that she's in the film for more than she actually is. And uh, talking to Brody earlier today, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, re- I'm rewatching it just to get, you know, just get freshened up on it. And I was like, you know what? Let me re- let me watch that trailer finally, this trailer that everyone talks about. And no, at no point did that when I watching that trailer did I ever think that Drew Barrymore <laughs> was going to be like a main character in it. I know you two being older than me, um, you guys might have seen the trailer when it happened and might have a a different opinion on it. But of course, uh, you know, we'll let the star of Netflix's uh, "I Think You Should Leave" season two uh, talk about it. Brody, do you remember watching that trailer in real life, or is it just you watch Scream whenever it came to theaters? Uh. I don't recall the, the trailer per se, but I do remember uh, Drew Barrymore being heavily talked about. I mean, she was like top build. She was on all of the posters mm-hmm. uh, and she was like extremely popular at the time. So it was like to have her killed in the first 10 minutes of the movie. You're like, holy fuck, like what's happening here? Because then it's like, you know, a cast of like, you know, up and coming teenage actors. Yeah. So it, it was definitely, it was definitely, uh, very surprising. What about you, Dave? Um, I do remember thinking Drew Barrymore was going to be a bigger part. I, I don't remember people talking that much about it. Um, but I do remember. So, uh, I'm straight edge and I remember the movie coming out and I had a bunch of friends that, you know, they were all smoking weed and shit and everyone bought a ghost face mask. Everyone was making like bongs out of it, you know, connecting tubes to it. And I just remember it being like really popular with a bunch of the stoners. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was kind of a time and, and I'll tell you straight up. I, I hate scream. I hate it with a passion. <laughs> so, I'm glad we're reviewing funny, it. I know you like it. Yeah. But, uh, but part of it was um, during that time they were making really slick teenage movies. Like it was always like um, "Hardly Can't Wait," yeah, uh, "Hardly Wait," whatever. Hardly yeah, can't, can't hardly wait. Uh, How to lose a guy in ten days, uh, and it, it was all like these really. Uh, I know what you did last summer. It was either like really slick teenage romance movies, comedies, or really slick. 
Pardon? That usually Heath Ledger was in them, Knight's Tale. Yeah. And so there was something about like the slickness of it that I just didn't like. Like, wh- like when when I think of like a horror movie, there's in my brain I, I I think like film grain. I think dark shadows. I think the teenagers are all gonna be mowed down except for maybe one at the end, and then. Like Scream specifically, it's the majority of it's set in like bright daylight and there's kids wearing old Navy clothes all the time. And they're all just like they're all cracking wise about like how smart they are about like what's going to happen. And it was just like, ugh. so um, but like I haven't actually seen it since it came out on like VHS. So I was like, it'll be interesting to see how my opinion, my opinions have changed. They haven't changed that much, but <laughs> but I can see, like al- almost every single one of my friends loves Scream, so I'm kind of like the outlier in the group. See, I so we we talked about it um, before we actually started recording. Like, I'm the youngest of the three, and so I don't think I would have seen this till definitely until after it already been parodied in Scary Movie, um, like the first. You're right. What's up? No, I was, just, I was agreeing, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it would have been parodied in that, and then I remember afterwards, it might have been on, like, uh, on like Fox or something. So it was one of those, like, I didn't get the full... You, you, were, you were, like, you were doing the what's up before you saw him as... <laughs> yes. Yeah, 100%, yeah. I, I, did not, I did not know why he was... Ghostface was dressed like that or what was up was. You know, it was just one of those, like, oh, no, like this is clearly a thing they made specifically for this movie. Cause I'm not aware of what a parody is um, very much in the same way that I watched Spaceballs for the first time. And that was my introduction to star Wars. And then was very confused when I watched <laughs> actual star Wars. Um, but like, it, it's weird, Dave, that you say like, you don't like it. Cause I think like for all the reasons that you named, like, I like that. Like to me, there's something about like horror when it's set during the day almost because like I, I think about like Jeepers Creepers, you know, like the first one, like it's all for the most part set during the day. And like, you're more accustomed to these things happening at night, you know, just cause like our, our, our dumb lizard brains make us scared of the dark because you know, we don't know what's out there, but when it's like during the day, it almost makes it like, Oh fuck. Like, what do I do now? And granted there's some like, I don't really think uh, like Freddy Krueger would work during the day or like uh, Jason Voorhees, you know, but I, I think with this, it works too, especially because the whole time they're, you know, who is it? Who is it? Who's the killer? You know, is it Sydney's dad or, you know, is it her boyfriend, which um, it, it kind, of, and kind of just talking about like the, the cast of, uh, you know, of this movie. The one thing that I find funny all the time that, like the internet just seemingly like discovers like you know they discovered it late was that uh the character of billy played by skeet ulrich they were just trying to make they, they just wanted someone who looked like johnny depp from like the first nightmare on elm street <laughs> you know and that's one of those things that like i'll see pop up on twitter every now and then that's like did you know or like you know just people talk about it and things like that and um it's yeah like i don't know to me i i enjoy that dave like all the things you said you hate about it like i actually <laughs> you know I, I like about it but um yeah you know brody you mentioned the intro though with with uh drew barrymore like i i think to this day that's one of like 
again, if you go into this movie and you see like a big star and you think, oh, okay, this is kind of be based around her. Like, I think it's pretty cool the way they did it because yeah, out of like from the get go, you're just like, all right. So what the fuck is going on now? You know, like, I mean, they do that now all the days with like Game of Thrones and stuff, but, um, definitely pretty cool that, you know, they kill off the biggest name right off the bat. Even that Dave, you didn't like, uh, I, I didn't mind. Like I wasn't very invested in her as a character, but I will say, yeah, to get the killing starting so quick, it kind of reminds me of like another late nineties movie uh deep blue sea i mean they do it a little bit later in the movie but like you have samuel l jackson <laughs> doing this big speech and then a shark just jumps up and bites him and then you're just like holy shit what the fuck just happened and so like you know to lesser effect they did that in scream too but yeah it's it's very rare when you have a star of that caliber and like and you got to remember like like brody said at that time she was really like she was not the girl from et anymore she was like the sexy you know bad girl in and so like it was really big to have her in there and so for her to die in like 10 minutes was crazy um yeah because then after that it leaves us with nev campbell of course character of sydney um how do you guys sort of feel about sydney because uh like clearly she's not like the typical girl next door like she's very attractive but to kind of go from who you would think you know like you would put in one of these like sort of like classical roles of you know the damsel in distress running like i you know i one i feel bad for her character because like for everyone to just be on like especially in the age of before like real social media you know like you have gail weathers just on her dick like just constantly and again (laughs) this is before social media like god god forbid all this happened and i don't really remember this 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 whole movie is just victim blaming. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it's which is is weird. It's weird seeing it now in this time, so so heavy in a movie. But yeah, I mean, spot on. You nailed it. Up. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like if it if she would have had Twitter, God forbid, this poor girl would have had Twitter or Facebook. Like it would have just been nonstop. And again, I don't. I don't really remember. So I, I watched this, I watched the second one yesterday. Um, so that one's a little bit more fresh in my memory, but like, I don't really remember much of the third and fourth one. I know the fourth one would have came out like when social media was like more of a thing. And so maybe they like sort of address that in that. Um, but yeah, like definitely fucking like, that's why I kind of like whenever you see these cases of like, uh, like for instance there's that, that gabby girl that you know went missing and they're like oh it was the boyfriend it was the boyfriend like by all accounts from everything they've shown like yeah it probably was the boyfriend but it probably does not help like people investigating the murder that there's constantly like no it's right this is the person while they're trying to do like actual detective work and you know it's like with so many people there's always that too with horror movies like we kind of saw it with like uh with like the zodiac killer like if you watch zodiac how many times have people claimed to have found the Zodiac killer? Like we just had someone this past week, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We found them, you know? And when it's like on a smaller scale, especially like a small town like this, a hundred percent, you have your shitty neighbors calling each other and they're like, Oh, you know what? The bro, uh, I think it was Brody King who lives next door. Yeah. The guy who never fucking (laughs) takes his trash out. Yeah. It was definitely him. I think I heard him (laughs) confessing to his wife and it's just like, they're they're always doing Satan stuff over there. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, they- I have a next. I have a next door neighbor that never takes his trash out, and no one has ever met him in the neighborhood except for me. And I just moved here, so it's like, wait, why? Why do I know the <laughs> next door? Do you worry at all that he like- never? His garage door opens like once every two weeks. It's very strange. Do you ever worry that it might not actually be an extra, like a real neighbor, and it's just like? an older version of you that like went back in time is now stuck. And that's why you're the only person. So who's fucking, yeah. He's the old guy from home alone shoveling everyone's driveways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the neighbor in the burbs. We're like all overgrown. He, when I met him, he had two dogs, two German shepherds and I never hear a dog barking. I never see the dog outside. Uh, it's a very strange situation. You got that. And like speaking of like weird neighbors, and I was going a little tangent here. I when I lived next door to pro wrestling teams, it was myself and uh, the Purple Poppy, Marvelous Met Knicks, and there was a there was a unit right across from us. And I remember we were just like we asked like the guy who owned the building. We were like, hey, does like does anyone live there? Because there was our neighbors consisted of again. He's like, no, 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 yeah, people live there. Never saw any lights on. They never received mail. You never heard anyone walking. You never saw anyone. But the guy was like, yeah, 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 no, someone lives there. So I don't know. There's some shady shit going on there. And then, like, the guy who lived, the people that lived downstairs from us were these, like, weird juggalos who would always just be up at random nights, like, having juggalo parties. And then the neighbor across from him (laughs) was just some dude who would only show up at night and clean the apartment. Or at least that's what I think he was doing because he'd always have those, like, young, those long yellow like uh dishwasher gloves on i don't know what the fuck was murdering people maybe it's killing people probably yeah well there's something to that too where like like i don't know about you like there's always especially with this where it's like oh it's like a small town murder and it's actually based on like something that really happened um and which is like pretty fucked that was like some guy that killed five teenagers over the span of a few days but um like you don't you don't know if you're living next door to some sort of fucking sociopath, you know. Yeah. Like I, I know they have those sites now where you can find out like where do all the pedophiles live around me, which I think it's good, but also pretty like fucked up that you need to make a website to figure that out because there's so many of them. Um, but yeah, yeah, like especially when it comes yeah. to these like small town like murderers, like and I, I mean we're not fucking spoiling anything because obviously it's it's Billy and um, Stuart who are the killers, but this whole movie, you know, you kind of like they're kind of just going around perpetuating like oh maybe it's you, maybe it's you because again like it might be you don't fucking know. Yeah, the, the, thing, actually- that I, the, the thing that I really love about the movie. Uh, you know, like you, you said that that Sydney's not like, not the typical uh, girl in like a, a movie based like this. But I think that, you know, that's obviously on purpose. And it's it's funny because like the whole movie is like a love letter to slasher films. Like Wes Craven wrote a love letter to himself, essentially, with this movie, which is very bizarre when you think about it. He's like stroking his own ego. But uh, I like that, you know. Sydney, I feel, is more realistic to like what a girl in her position would be like. Like she's got, she's more defensive because her mother was killed a fucking year ago. Uh, she's like a little bit more feisty and a little bit more edgy than you know most normal high school girls. Considering what she's been through, it makes sense. Um, I also like that the movie just 
it's almost a parody in itself of like classic slasher movies. Like, you know, they go by the rules and they have this certain set of like things that they have to do, like that they've made up in their own head that Stu and, you know, Billy, like they're like, oh, they, they start quoting Psycho at the end or they start quoting other horror movies. Uh, at one point he quotes Hannibal Lecter. And it's like, they, it's, it's, uh, I thought that it was really creatively done to, to like pay homage to these movies that were very popular. And I think that Scream kind of brought back the slasher genre. I don't know if like people don't look at, um, uh, oh shit, I can't even think of it. Uh, Stank, you just said the movie, uh, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, I know what you did last summer. People, yeah, people don't look at that movie the same way that they look at Scream. You know, it's not as popular. Um, so I obviously it left, it left a lasting impression on the horror genre as a whole. So it's funny that you bring that up because uh, the the person, the guy, I forget his exact name, so I, I apologize, but the writer of Scream, um, I, he, I know he also did Faculty, but... Uh, you know, based on the popularity of Scream, they're like, we got to get a second one greenlit now. And he's like, all right. And the studio, they were so like, come on, what else do you have? Do you have anything else? And he had shopped around, I know what you did last summer. So many times, no one wanted anything to do with it. But yeah. based on the success of Scream, he, you know, they were like, all right, sure, go ahead. And like, I don't know when the last time was that you guys watched, I know what you did last summer, but like. It's been a long time. I. Yeah. I very much prefer the Simpsons parody uh, of I know what you did last <laughs> summer over this, over the actual movie, because you can tell, you can tell the quality in writing from scream to, Hey, what do you have? We will make anything you have like into a movie. And it's like, well, he's like, uh, he reaches his back. He's like, I got this. <laughs> yeah. And they're probably just like, Oh fuck. It's a stupid hook. movie. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. Who's, uh, who's the, uh, like the heroine. Is it alleged? Elijah Duthku is, is that who it is? Sarah Michelle or Sarah Michelle Geller is in it. it might oh, be. that's right. Yeah, I, I mean, at least oh, uh, I can't think of her name. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, American Sweetheart. <laughs> I was definitely not as big a fan as of I know what you did last summer than I was of Scream. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, like I watched the first one. Isn't it like the second one set in like Jamaica or something? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know there was a second one. There's, there's, I know what you did summer again. There's several of them, and I'm I'm pretty sure the second one they're like at a resort in Jamaica, and because uh, I I I remember thinking it was a parody movie of that. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I know what you did last summer too. Is going to be in Jamaica, but no, it's like an, it's either Jamaica or Mexico. I think Jack Black is in it as well. Um, just one of those random ones. But Brody, you mentioned the rules because uh, of course, yeah, they, they have rules that they need to follow. And uh, the rules in order to successfully survive a horror movie is you can never have sex. Sex equals death. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Um, uh, on number three is never, ever, ever under any circumstance circumstances say, I'll be right back. Um, I yeah, those those are the the, the big three. Um, say, those were all from uh, Jamie Kennedy's character. Yeah, Jamie Randy, yeah. the character of Randy by Jamie Kennedy. Who yeah, he's the you know he's the one obsessed with movies. He works at the uh, at the 
knockoff blockbuster there. Um, which is funny in rewatching that scene, every movie poster is just a Miramax movie. Like, you know, no other movies for, for some reason in this Miramax produced film, only the Miramax movies that were, uh, up on the shelves and the, the posters and things like that. Um, yeah, because I think it's safe to say, like, how many times do you watch a horror movie? And, and I think we went and talked about it on the last episode where, of course, there's the trope of, you know, they can't be smartened up to it's a horror movie. Because then otherwise the movie's over in 32 minutes, you know? Right. But I, I, I like that with the rules because... Yeah, like it is, like you mentioned, it is like a parody. You are like kind of, oh yeah, this is what happens in every single one of those movies. Because I think it's, uh, what is it, uh, Friday the 13th, based on that one, they sort of, that and like Nightmare on Elm Street, they sort of just keep copying that forever. Like there's this weird thing with horror movies that like, I was thinking about the other day where um, a lot of them sort of like, they get stuck with 70s, 80s, and early 90s. And that's it. Like they only, they really only do like horror movies set in that time. Like I, that's why I think I can appreciate, appreciate ones that are like, no, no, no. It's set like in modern times because it is a hundred percent easier to, you know, well, Brody, Scrump and Stang can't call the police because they don't have cell phones. And the nearest landline is, <laughs> you know, 10 miles away and they can't get an Uber there. Like, of course it, it it's so much easier that way. Um, I, I think that kind of poking fun at like, you know, of course, as you watch all those movies and it's, Oh no, you know, there's a killer on the loose. We should just sneak off real quick and have a quickie. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Like, what, what's going on here? Um, I, I, I do appreciate the commentary on that because again, that is always, that is, that is always when I become a curmudgeon where I'm like, when the fuck would you split up? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Even in the uh, the new Resident Evil trailer, I don't know if you, if you if you watched it yet or not, Brody. Um, like I think someone in there is like, we should split up, and it's like, what's going on here? There's zombies. Yeah, uh, the, the, I do also appreciate like the the runtime of the movie. It's relatively short. I mean, I think it's like an hour and a half, or maybe just over that. But even the timeline in the movie is is short. It's not like this killer's been running rampant for. A, a, a week or a month it's like uh drew barrymore's character dies they like go to school find out two kids like fuck around and like act like they're ghost face they all get just they all get like um what do they put them on probate uh, not probation uh, uh suspension not, no uh like they the fuck is it called uh, curfew uh, curfew Cur- yeah they put a curfew and they like release everyone from school and like you know people might say like oh if there's a killer on the loose people aren't gonna go have a party but you know covid would tell us that that's exactly what people are gonna do yeah. uh well so that's because fauci's a war criminal he's lying to us and it's just a lie made up by the liberals <laughs> you know come on <laughs> but uh so it, it I, I felt like everything kind of got set up perfectly and you know, there is stuff that they, I guess they could have done. Like they definitely could have made it look like, you know, Jamie Kennedy's character was more the killer or set him up to be the killer, but they didn't have to. They kind of made him like the nerdy virgin guy that's just trying to impress Sydney and then like almost dies at the end. Uh, but yeah, I think like everything was done quickly. Uh, they explain everything well, but they don't like overdo anything. 
mm-hmm. which, you know, I, you say that in the first one, but now there's six of them. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I think what I don't like about the movie the most is how meta it is. So, like, w- when you're watching, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, part of it is, like, these kids are so sweet <laughs> and naive and stuff. There couldn't possibly be a Texas Chainsaw maniac, you know, running around or, like, a whole family of them. And so, like, when everyone knows the quote-unquote rules and stuff like that, it, it gets so close, you know, like Berto said, it it's almost like parody. And th- there was a couple times, like, upon rewatching it where if you turn the sound off you you could almost be watching scary movie like there's particularly like a scene with rose mcgowan's character where she walks up and she goes oh hey you're just wearing a costume he's like "Mm -mm." and then then she tries to crawl through a doggy door yeah and she That's like also the, the strongest garage door in the history of garage doors. Yeah, and then like not only that, but like when, when you think of like slashers, you think of like this like unstoppable, almost like force of nature, like Jason Voorhees or you know Freddy Krueger in the Dream Realm or Michael Myers. You know, you think of this like the shape that just this doesn't juggernaut. stop. Yeah, and but then you look at you look at Ghostface and like. Because of the in-store or the in-story canon, clearly he's wearing like a spirit Halloween costume. Um, but he also like you know you got Rose McGowan like flipping him and like decking him in the stomach. He's like oof, and she, he gets hurt with like a beer bottle. And then only because she chooses to go through the the doggy door does she get killed. And I'm watching it, and a lot of it almost looks exactly like Scary Movie, which I think Scary Movie did a lot to add to the longevity of this movie. But yeah, um, uh, the, the the Dewey and Officer Doofy are almost the same fucking character. Yes, that's the other thing I was. Dewey is Doofy, and that's why it works so well. Yeah, and actually, Doofy's smarter in the movie because by the end, you know, he's like, "Hey, let's go, let's hit the bricks," which is so, honestly a better reveal. Yeah, and so that's why, like, it's so close to the parody that, like, it's almost hard to like distinguish between the two at times. Um, especially like. You'll have like Matthew Lillard's character, and he's like, "Come on, let's go!" Ooh, we're gonna, and you're just like, "I, this guy couldn't kill me <laughs> if I <laughs> if I handed him a machete and forced him to stick it through my guts." Didn't but, he beat the shit out of him multiple times? Yeah, so I I think that's my problem. Part of it is like when I watch a slasher movie, I like to think that like all the victims, all like the teenage victims, they're just they're you almost think there's no way any of them are going to survive. And then in this one, they're almost, it's almost like a Scooby-Doo mystery where they're like, ah, I figured out who the bad guy was. I don't know. <laughs> there's something about it that just, it's like Scooby-Doo and a parody all rolled up into one to me. And um, I think it started off a bunch of movies like that. And then like, to me, like that whole era of scary movies wasn't really good until like, maybe like the hills have eyes or something then i'm like all right now we're starting to get to stuff i like more but um i actually haven't seen it i think maybe i saw scream 2 once but after that i haven't seen any of the sequels i've seen them all i actually celebrate the entire catalog (laughs) former wcw and david arquette that's like kind of his bread and butter at this point i think yeah for sure have you wrestled david arquette I have not, but he is a very sweet man. One time, uh, 
well, it was actually the show that he wrestled Nick Gage on. I was also on that GCW show. And uh, he DM'd me and he was just like, hey, man, uh, I have this really cool photo of you. And it's like um, printed on like a piece of metal. Like some like artist made it, like took a photo of me wrestling. When I wrestled Blue Demon, it was like a Blue Demon's like giving me like a, a sharpshooter and like there's like a really good facial of me and like you can see both of us and it's like printed on a piece of metal he's like yeah i bought it at this art show he's like i think you should have it though i was like what and he's just like i've never met the guy and i was like no man like you keep it like you bought it he's like no i think you should have it he like brought it to the show and gave it to me i was like well, that's cool <laughs> so he's a very nice person but yeah by all accounts like i know um sarah shockey he was just like hey can you draw up some things for me i want to get tattooed and uh, I don't know how serious about it that she thought it was, but she was like, all right, cool. And drew up like, I think like Ms. Elizabeth, like Macho Man, just all these like random things. And he just went and got them tattooed. And more recently <laughs> he purchased the rights to Bozo the Clown. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Bozo the Clown. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But that's also like a very, just it's like, is he just running out of, uh, like, friends money from you know his like last marriage that he was like i think this is what i'm gonna do like i think it's awesome like you know that like i'm just gonna do whatever i want but i think on like my like 2021 has been kind of like a weird year like david arquette purchasing the rights for bozo the clown was definitely not on like the 2021 bingo card when uh you know it's just this documentary was awesome like yeah it was it was actually like very sad and like also very cool. Well, what, what I like most about David Arquette and from watching that movie and from actually like dealing with him through pro wrestling tees is like, and not to turn this into a David Arquette love fest, but like, like DDP said in the documentary, like if you were him and someone said, "Hey, do you want to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship?" Who would say no? You'd be a fucking idiot if you were a wrestling yeah. fan, right? And yeah. I like I like that the criticism of it just really stuck with him and like because he he really is a, a true wrestling fan like who would do the stuff that he did when he didn't have to if unless they were and I like that he treats he wanted to be legitimized by wrestling fans and by wrestlers themselves and he went out and he did the work like someone like him doesn't have to do any of that and so like I really think you know he's goofy and i think a lot of the are uh getting back into wrestling uh buying bozo like these are the things he loves he's like fuck it i'm gonna lean into it super hard and that's really cool yeah i think it's cool too yeah, so also his in, in one of my you know top five favorite movies of all time true romance so yes so safe to say there's only one of us currently in in, in this interview who uh well, would ever really have the opportunity to to fight someone uh, who was in, in the movie Scream, you know? Uh, <laughs> unless Matthew Lillard decides he wants to, you know, become a wrestler, that maybe you'll be able to take on two of them. Are you guys yeah. familiar though with the, with the theory of uh, like and I, this one that I've seen kind of float around in recent years that uh, Billy and um, Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard's characters are in love with each other, that they're gay for each other. I got the impression I, that Matthew Lillard was in love with Billy. Yeah. Maybe not the not other, way, the other around. way around. Yeah. It was like, 
I saw it in like a TikTok, so it was only about like 60 seconds or something like that. But the way they explained it was, yeah, like Matthew, like Matthew Lillard is definitely into him more than, you know, Skeet's into him. But it's also like there's there's just various clues like throughout the movie, like just little subtle things that whether, you know, it was intentional, intentional or not. Like, I mean, because some things like oh hey where here's Wes Craven dressed as Freddy Krueger and they call him Freddy like that's clearly like uh uh see like you know we we're being cute but I think like the like a the subtext of like oh no yeah like Matthew Lillard is in love with the guy like that also I I, I thought it was kind of interesting because like of course this is why he's like yeah you should kill your girlfriend let's kill your girlfriend let's get rid of your yeah. girlfriend we should go ahead and kill her um. Yeah, that was just one that, that that I'd seen like pop I've, up. I've never, but it, it definitely makes a lot of sense because you know, obviously he's like heavily influenced by Billy, and he like wants to impress him. Like the whole ending, you can tell like, which is is kind of a funny part of the movie where it's like, it's very like teenage like logic where he's like, "There's no motive." Like that's the best part of it. Like everyone just dies, and then like two seconds later he's like tells him the motive that like you you know my mom left and like because your mom's a whore or whatever uh (laughs) so it's like instantly you just like told her the motive but obviously billy's fucked up for a reason and like wants to like get back at sydney and her family because of her mom ruining his family but then like Stu is just like yeah we're crazy we're psychos we kill people right billy right right and then like even when he's like, they're doing the stabbing thing, like Billy stabs him. And then he's like, what the fuck, man? You like stab me too hard. And then like, then he just starts to fucking die because Billy just starts stabbing the shit out of him. Well, then Billy's like, get up. And he's like, I can't, Billy, I can't stand. <laughs> oh, dude. And, yeah. And then he's on the phone. He's like, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Like, yeah. Which is he's such just, teenage he's, logic too. Yeah. yeah. The only thing you're thinking about is your parents being mad when you just murdered half the town. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is that is funny to also like one of those things where like you think about it and it, they're all supposed to be portraying 17, 18 year olds. But like after I, I think now that movies have sort of gone back into the like, no, 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 let's cast a 15 year old to, to play a 15 year old. It is funny because like I always talk I don't know about you guys, like I always felt like growing up just the older kids looked a lot older and then there's yeah. all, and there was always that point where you're like oh wait now i'm the older guy like i'm the older kid but i definitely like like i forget now if i'm if i'm at a grocery store and there's a group of kids in trouble and they need to find an adult they will come to me and i'm just like i don't like i will look for whoever's <laughs> like sir <laughs> yeah but they would have kept you as a senior in high school like right now at 28 years old yeah, yeah. Which is well. Speaking of old, if you want to feel old and if you want to date this movie, just Google Screamcast right now. Oh, and like Jamie Kennedy looks like an ancient ghoul compared yeah, so to Matt Lillard looks so old as well. Yeah, like the entire cast just looks like like they did a like a face app filter and set it on old geezer. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney Cox still got it though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Courtney Cox. It's like I, I I I like her character in this because she does it so well. It's one of those like 
I'm supposed to hate you every single time you're on screen and you do it so well. Um, but also it's like every time she's on screen, I'm just like, oh, get like, uh, like, like bro, you, you've been watching Midnight Mass, the like nun lady, uh, oh. like I hate her, but it's, it's very much one of those, like, you're a great actor because you were doing your job in making me hate you. But I also don't want to fucking see you on the screen. And that's just how <laughs> I feel about like Courtney Cox's entire movie. Cause I'm just like, fuck, here she comes again. So uh, everyone keeps, so I also thought that she was a nun, but then people keep telling me she's not a nun. She's just like a fucking religious freak, which I guess also makes sense. But <laughs> I definitely also thought that she was a nun. Wait, wait, so this lady in Midnight Mass is not a nun? Apparently she's not a nun. She's just a fucking like Jesus freak and like thinks that she's better than everyone because she goes to church nonstop. I mean... Dave, you would be the closest religious one here, I assume. I, I mean, unless Brody, you really go to church a lot. I know, I know, oh, yes, I know, you're, I know you're the singer, lead singer of God's Hate. Um, <laughs> that's like a nice, like religious band, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Dave. If someone is, going- <laughs> what it, what is the title of the fucking the Monsignor? Yeah. Who would be his like assistant? Oh, I, that's that's more of a Catholic thing. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure actually. All right. Well, if anyone's seen Midnight Mass, uh, which sure. I have to watch, by the way, I hear nothing but good things about it. It's fucking. Yeah, I'm only about halfway through because he said what? There's six episodes. Uh, seven or yeah, maybe there are six. I don't know. I I felt longer than it was. Squid right. Game also than it is. I'm I'm on episode. Five, I think I think I have two more episodes. Ooh, Squid Game's really good. It, it's awesome. See, I'm still yeah. I'm I'm still behind. We said, you know, we said we would watch Midnight Mass first and then Squid Game just because Squid Game is longer. But I want to just start watching Squid Game because everyone keeps posting these memes and I don't understand. Like I feel like my mom. I don't understand any of these memes, but I know what it is, and I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, they're playing the yeah, Squid I- Game, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm having a Squid Game costume commissioned for my daughter because she wants to be one of the managers. So I can't wait. She's super excited. Are you giving her a gun as well? I, I'm probably gonna get her like a like a toy MP5 with a strap on it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. What uh, uh what like the square? Uh, the square. Yeah. Yeah. So they that's got sick. like they got like the I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I watched it now, but they got the triangles, which I think are like. They're like middle, and the circles are the PR. The, yeah, the circles, they're like the drones, and then the managers are the squares. They're the guys that kind of... Yeah. They're right under the front man. But yeah, she's going to be a manager. It's pretty cool. So the show is fucking awesome. Midnight so, Mass. A lot of good stuff to watch right now. Well, it's funny. So like you mentioned costumes, Dave. This movie is one... like So I, I, I know for the intro that we did for the show, I talk about it, but like... So many kids still to this day dressed up as Ghostface. Like my nephew last year for Christmas was Ghostface, specifically the one with like the little heart where you squeeze it and like the blood comes through the mask. I know 100% for a fact this kid has never watched a Scream movie, but like it is still like one of the popular like kids' costumes that you see all the time. You know, you'll see your, you know, pick an Avenger, you'll see them pick Batman, and like Ghostface is just always up there and like. 
it's it's it, he's definitely an iconic slasher at this point. Like, you know, it's Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, uh, Freddy Krueger, and probably Ghostface. Like, I guess you could put like Chucky in there somewhere, but like, he's definitely part of like the the main slasher, you know, click whatever you want to call it. I mean, he he's so popular that this year in like Call of Duty, they're doing like a Halloween event. And he's going to be like one of the skins that you can have for one of your characters. Like you can't get much more mainstream than like call of duty. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if there's any, if there's any measure, I guess of mainstream popularity, that that's one of them. I, I always feel like you guys always post up whenever you guys are playing call of duty. And like, it'll be one of those things where it's like, Oh, I want to, I want to play so I can play with these guys. But I'm just like, I'm so the like, bad at video games that i'm like it the learning would, curve for yeah that like learning harsh. curve i would have to sit there and probably pay play by the time i would catch up to where i'm like a reasonable enough player and I'd be like all right guys are you ready and you know it'd be like ah now nah, we, really, we don't really play that one anymore here's this new game that we're fucking all into and i'd have to just be like all right <laughs> um and then play with like 12 year olds on like online that are gonna like yell at me because i'm not that good yeah um it- they say some insane. Those kids say some insane oh. shit. Fucking video games. <laughs> yeah, like I'll tell you, like I'm so like I play PlayStation. I'm so happy that they got party chat because if I was in the lobby, it would always be like a 13 year old calling me the most racist, homophobic, yep. like yep. withering things. I'm like, you little fucking shit. I wish I could strangle you. And like, I'd be yelling back at him, and my wife is like. David Michael Stankin, how dare you yell at a child? I'm like, this kid's a little shit. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, that's just why I stay away from video games because yeah, yeah you'll, hear, you'll hear like a child's voice saying "kill yourself" like after you've killed them. You're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Well, th- th- it's always, yeah, it's always like a twelve year old saying, "Suck my dick, you fucking piece of shit." And you're like, what? <laughs> Well, like one of my like my favorite videos that like people make like compositions of is like them like recording that, and then like a kid will get screamed at by their parents or like Dave like by your wife because like they're <laughs> saying all this like absurd shit, and that's why it's always funny to me where it's just like people will be like, well, you know these video games they're like really violent, and it's like, oh, I don't know, where did this little kid learn all this fucking language from that like he has this pent up <laughs> aggression that they need to go on the internet and call strangers the n word like. I don't know, lady, maybe you should, maybe it's a conversation you and your husband need to like sit down and talk about because clearly, you know, we're neglecting this little boy and uh, not getting much attention. Um, But yeah, uh, I guess kind of, you know, we've been a little bit all over the place. Clearly, you know, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, clearly just been a little bit all over the place with it. yeah deputy dewey though oh you know what what am i like the one of the random things so dave you mentioned that like at certain times this movie just feels like a parody Mm -hmm. i i really only feel that when we meet the principal of course the principal played by henry Winkler, specifically because he opens up his closet and the foz the fonz jacket is just like sitting there (laughs) well not only that but he's scaring himself with his own reflection like every time he opens the door mm-hmm. and it's like, how long have you had this mirror there that you don't know that's you looking at you? Yeah. And it's funny because like when they actually, when they actually do parody that in, um, uh, in scary movie, the principal is uh squiggy from, uh, 
Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> it's like one of those things about like, oh yeah, of course. Like if the Fonz is playing the you know, principal in this one, then you're gonna have to fucking use someone else who was like in, in one of those shows. But um, yeah, like that. That's always one of those things too, where it's like the murder happened in broad daylight in the school, and it's like. I don't know, like, I was in school, and there was always fucking someone around, especially you go into, like, a principal's office or something, it was, like, 13 people in there. It's never just, like, yeah. empty enough to where, like, I can throw a mask on, run in there, stab stab and murder the principal, and then just run out, like, nothing, or in the bathroom, too, like, that, and I get it, that's more of, like, a, a horror movie, like, it, you gotta do the, the, the scary scene in, in the bathroom where you think they're gonna die that early, but I'm, like... I don't know. There was always kids just avoiding not being in fucking class. And you're going to tell me this, you know, this person got in there, got in costume and just waited for this very specific moment. Like again, horror tropes are horror tropes, but like that is just one of those annoying ones where I'm like, cool. Awesome. Guess we're seeing this again. Um, like I said, I haven't seen this movie since like, it had to be like the late nineties, but like when you're in Henry Winkler, the principal's office, like, like I kind of didn't remember the scene, but I was like, I know he's hiding behind that door. But there, there's parts of that where, like, it's like the person, like we know, we find out at the end, Ghostface is not some supernatural entity or something. It's just a kid. But then there's things like someone knocks on his door and he looks out, and then all of a sudden Ghostface is in there. Like stuff like that happens a, a couple times in the movie, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I buy that. I do love that, like when Ghostface is getting the shit kicked out of him, you can hear him being like, oh, fuck, oh, no. Like, like he's like, he's ma- he's like selling like what is actually happening like in his child voice. But that's that's what makes it seem like the parody because like, he they do that exactly the same in like yeah. Scary Movie where he's like, oof, ow, ugh. It's just, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, like Scary Movie is not far off from, from yeah. screen. So, also, scenes in scary movie. This is also just turned into a scary movie podcast. Is yeah. when is when uh, when Doofy comes out of his bedroom. He's just like, I told you not to disturb me when I was cleaning. He's got the, <laughs> back the boner. Like, <laughs> you got someone. Someone mentioned that in scary movie, her name is Cindy. You know, it's, and instead of Sydney, instead of Sydney, and I never put two and two together. Like. I like I've I liked those scary movies up until the third one. Like after the third one, it just that's when they were when there was a abundance of these movies. You know, like I feel like the first three are solid, and then after that, it's just an abundance um, of you know, I was like superhero movie, disaster movie, just all of them, just just copying that, and that's where I feel like uh, they, it kind of veers off. But with the first one, uh, they yeah, no, de- definitely jumped the shark. I think the best thing that those movies did was it introduced uh, the character of uh, Brenda. Well, it's sort of at this point turned into a, a review of the scary movie of the scary movie franchise, which I mean, listen, for, for, I think very quickly, which is your favorite? Because I think the second one is probably the best, especially of those first three. I like the first one a lot. David, you, you, said, you said scary movie? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the one... I can't. I can't remember where they're in the castle, and um, I can't think of his name now. The, the dude that's like the butler yeah. with little hands. 
And he's like, I'm, I whipped the potatoes myself. And David, <laughs> David Cross is in it. I can't remember which one. I think it's like three or four, but it's the second one. Is it, yeah, that, that one's my favorite one. Like use my strong hand. <laughs> he's like, you got to whip it up real nice. And he's like licking his disgusting fingers. Dude, <laughs> I, that when him and David Cross are going back and forth with handicap jokes at each other. Yeah. So to me, that's, that's a pinnacle uh, scary movie parody. All right. Uh, Brody, again, um, internet problems aside, thank you again for joining us You know, on this episode. Um, we didn't get to talk about you, uh, you know, your uh Emmy nominated appearance on season two of uh, I think you should leave, but you know, as, as a cliffhanger, you know, that'll be for, for the next time that you're on here because um, yeah, hopefully by, by next time I'm hopefully caught up with squid game and midnight mass and all these shows that we just uh, keep talking about. And so I will be more, I will know what you guys mean by squares and triangles and, and circles on, on each other's faces. I do know that because of that show, vans are up 7,000% white vans. Everyone's buying white vans. Um, Jesus. Yeah. 7,000%. That's what I saw. It might've been an exaggerated figure. I don't know. I'm, I'm clearly not a stock guy myself. I have some doge. Didn't sell it when I should have, but it's right. It will rise up again. Uh, Brody, where can people go find you online? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Brody X King. Uh, you can find me at Pro Wrestling Tees under Brody King. Uh, what else? What I forget? God's Hate. Oh yeah, you can you can um, check out my band God's Hate on any uh, popular streaming platform. Uh, you could also check out our merch or upcoming shows at God's Hate.us. Yeah, you guys need to to hit Chicago pretty soon. Either either God's Hate or Ring of Honor or or something because uh you know you need to visit what's this this giant nerd cave of ours it's just the the new pwt cast offices we have a, a lovely a lovely picture of you hanging up here it's new offices yeah since we we last talked to you we have a a new office it's in this creepy hallway that reminds us of like the shining so <laughs> yeah it's uh and it's a it's painted all black much like you said your houses so i i, well, I think you dig it I, you know, I hope that uh, we will be there soon as well, whether it be for wrestling or for music. Uh, and I would love to stop by and see you boys. Fuck yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you again, Brody. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. I'll see you later. Thank you again to, to Brody for, for helping us with this Brody King double feature as, uh, again, he's just someone that we, we love to talk to and, you know, scream is yeah. it's just it's one of my favorite movies and uh who better to talk about it with than you know such a big scream fan like himself and can i just say how fucking cool is brody king i mean and how cool is it that because of this podcast this little dream that we had we get to meet and be friends with cool ass dudes like brody king i mean it's so surreal but like yeah Lo- yeah. love the man he's awesome yeah it, it's funny how like last week when well, you know when we did that intro for him he's like you make me sound so much cooler than i am and it's like yeah dude because you you're like you're pretty fucking cool you know like, so red yeah and you know best part about that is he's a humble guy because you know most people especially within wrestling would be like yeah i guess i am a cool guy huh but like you know yeah. not brody brody's very humble and like you know probably should be a little bit more braggadocious about it but it just shows you know 
it, it speaks on his character and just how good of a person he is that yeah. um he's a good dude yeah he, he's he's a fucking he's a good dude you know shout out brody king um dave you mentioned to me uh before the show that there was this documentary you had seen tell me a little bit more about it oh yeah well so anyone that knows me knows i love a good documentary or like a good docu-series um and hbo is really good about that it's been a while since they had a really meaty one for me to watch but like they've done like one on Scientology. They did one about the Nexium cult. Um, that like Allison Mack from Smallville. She just got sentenced, you know, for her involvement in it. Um, but like two things. One, they've got a new documentary called Nuclear Family, and it's about the struggle of like a lesbian couple that um, they wanted to have a family, so they they found a, a gay man in the West Village to donate, and like the idea was. Um, you know, we'll get your donation. You have no responsibility. You're just helping us make a family. And then it ended up, he ended up being in the, in these kids lives and he loved them. And then he sued them for paternity. And so it was like a wild thing. So that's one I haven't watched yet. I'm really excited about called nuclear family, but there was an interesting one that caught my eye the other day called uh, 15 minutes of shame. And it's a documentary done by Monica Lewinsky and one half of the catfish team, uh, Max, I don't remember his last name, but it was like this interesting look into um, internet shaming mm-hmm. and what some people call cancel culture. Like cancel culture is a real volatile term. I know there's a lot of people that hear it and roll their eyes and there's a lot of people that hear it and think, wow, this is a great tool that we never had to give the voice of the people and let them shape the way the culture is defined. And so um, if you really think about it and she explains this, I've seen her Ted talk, but Monica Lewinsky really makes the, the point and the claim that like I was really ground zero for internet shaming. And she was kind of like the first person that like the internet was a big tool in just dogpiling on her, you know, they showed clips of like Jay Leno making fun of her, you know, everyone just making jokes at her expense for probably like for most people like being caught as the other person in an affair at any level is wow. That's such a scarring and you know, embarrassing thing. Now it's the president of the United States. And then the president's wife is a very powerful person. She was, you know, a presidential candidate a couple times, like, and not only that, but now in an official government report, there's lurid details about her sexual encounters. And so she wants to explore why the internet is the way it is. And so they, they pick like four or five people that got caught up. Some undeservedly, some I think deservedly, like one of them was, I don't know if you remember when, when the coronavirus started, but the New York times did this article about this guy that bought up almost 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. Yeah. And then he tried, he tried to price gouge on Amazon and they kicked him off the platform and on other selling platforms and he got stuck with all these bottles. And so New York times did an article on him and he was under the impression that it was about how mean Amazon was to their third party sellers. And really it was like a hit piece on him about what a piece of shit he was. <laughs> and, 
he was getting death threats and it, like just this wave of things came in and he was making his case that I'm just trying to provide for my family. I wasn't even the highest priced guy. I didn't feel that bad for the guy though, because like clearly as far as, you know, as much of an angel as he was trying to paint himself as he knew what he was doing. But then there's, there's other people like there was a guy that worked for the San Diego uh, gas company, this, this Mexican man, and he was driving by a Black Lives Matter protest and he was stretching his fingers outside of his car because he has a bad hand. And someone took a picture of him, what looked like he was doing that white power OK symbol. Mm-hmm. But he was really just cycling through his fingers, you know, stretching them out. And this guy tagged his employer. And then all of a sudden, the entire Internet dog piled on him saying he was a white supremacist and the company fired him. And then he was in the meeting. He's like, I'm Mexican. <laughs> Look at my skin. I'm brown. Like, how can I be a white supremacist? I'm, I'm not white. And so, like, there were several instances of this where, you know, some of it may have been kind of deserved and some of it is just, you know, and we've talked about it on the show. Like, when, when does, you know, quote, unquote, canceling someone can someone come back from that? Do, do we allow for personal growth and someone to say, I'm sorry, can I get back to the living I was making? It's an interesting discussion to have. I know um, you weren't there, but in the Pro Wrestling Tees room, I had this extensive talk with Jimmy and Brad and, and pretty much everyone. But like Dog the Bounty Hunter was trying to chase the guy that murdered that uh, that young lady. And, you know, Jimmy was like, fuck Dog the Bounty Hunter. I was like, yeah, I mean, he made a, he made a really bad mistake. But he apologized through it. He he went Wait, through his mix. What did Dog the Bunny Hunter do? I know so, I don't I know nothing about him aside from he is a <laughs> he's a bounty hunter. hunter. Yeah. So he had a son who had a lot of drug addiction problems and stuff. So he wasn't part of the crew. Apparently, this guy was starting to clean up, and he had a he had a black girlfriend, and Dog didn't want her near the crew. And on the phone, he recorded his dad saying, listen, we use the N-word a lot. And he didn't say the N-word. He actually said the word. Ooh. We use this term a lot. He's like, you know, we're not racist, it's, but it's just something in our vernacular. And if we have her around and she hears us saying that out of context, one, we're going to offend her. And two, it's going to cause a problem for everyone on the show. And then he kept saying, "I'm we're not racist, but it's just part of the street slang. And so his son, who was mad at his dad for doing this, sold the recordings to like the National Enquirer. And it's just this it's this audio thing of him saying dropping the N bomb like four or five times. I don't I don't say just. It is. And then it got found out his show got canceled. It was like the most popular show on Discovery. They he got canceled. And then he said, I'm sorry. He's like, I it, it, whatever you think of his excuse or not, he said, it's a term that we used on the streets. He basically used the excuse of, I thought I had a hood pass. Clearly I'm the whitest man on the earth. I shouldn't be saying it. I know this. And, uh, I accept my punishment. I'm actually going to go to black community leaders and learn more about how I could be better about this. And he did, he, he went and he did apologies. He did speeches and it's been maybe like five, 10 years. And now he he's actually hunting someone uh, for a murder, and he thinks he's got like a lead on it. And then I said, "When is it okay for this guy to get a show back?" Because I like Dog the Bounty Hunter. I don't like the racist comments, obviously, but 
when do we say he made he made a, a clearly bad decision he's owned up to it and he's done the work to try and heal and repair like do we now say okay we forgive you it 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 rarely happens because most of the people that get canceled i mean we've seen it in the wrestling world they make excuses they sue the other person right but but when does the person apologize and give give up his pound of flesh do we do we give him a show back do we give him a platform i don't know like that that's rarely a discussion that's had so um it's interesting food for that if you guys are interested in some of that stuff because it's very pertinent like it's very easy to shame people even like you know we've experienced at pro wrestling teams people just because we didn't we weren't like the vanguards for a certain cause all of a sudden people said nasty things about our company and our our owner and it's just like you know what when does like it being easily shameable online when does that turn into a teachable moment for someone and so I don't have the answers, but it's interesting food for thought. And the, and the documentary is on HBO Go. It's called uh, 15 Minutes of Shame. It's a pretty interesting look at it. I, I thought, uh, you know, some of you guys might like that. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that sounds interesting. I mean, it is definitely like if you're into sort of those um, more serious topics, you know, by all means, check it out. Because, yeah, again, like yep. HBO is just, I don't know, uh, hot take, Dave. HBO is really good at what HBO does. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, actually, uh, to kind of uh, lighten up the mood a little bit, I finally saw um, Mars Attacks last night. And well, what'd you think? Why it took me so long to watch it, I'll never understand. As cat, the cast itself, amazing, and um, would have figured that I just would have stumbled upon it closer. And you know, and I'm I'm glad I finally watched it when I did because. Uh, Again, it's just it's a really good fucking movie that I I just I had no idea like it you know um yeah well, and also also weirdly enough you know we did Beetlejuice with uh, Brody King last week surprisingly Mars Attacks one of the Tim Burton movies that a lot of times people don't even mention in his filmography that you know I, what I mean you get all the classic hits like Beetlejuice Batman you know fucking Big Fish all that stuff. Mars Attacks rarely gets brought up. I don't know why. I think that's why. I, I think that in part is why um, I just never, I you know, I just never bother to watch it because it wasn't, yeah, like it wasn't one of those Tim Burton, uh, you know, staples that you hear about. But no, definitely, um, definitely fucking happy that I finally got to watch it because again, it's yeah. just it's really, I mean, again, hot take, really good movie, Dave. Um <laughs> David, before we get out of here, though, really quickly, I again wanted to—I want to plug the Patreon. As uh, we mentioned, you know, uh, one of the perks of being a patron is uh, we give you a shout out weekly. You know, um, it's—it's it's, uh, one the least we can do for all the you know love and support that we get from all you guys. Because again, like we do this for free. Like Ryan doesn't pay us. Um, we make some money from like T-shirts and things like that, but we're no—you um, know—we're no Danhausen. You know, who's uh, yeah. just selling you know selling these t-shirts like hotcakes uh so you know the fact that you uh support us in any you know anyway whether it's you know a retweet a like uh telling your friend about our show leaving us a review or purchasing our t-shirts or signing up for the patreon we we very much appreciate it and we love you guys for it um so very quickly i want to just give a shout out to the patrons of the show um you know of course starting with our, our man clifford frazier 
Jesse Kohlenberg, our little buddy Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, the Invincible Man himself, Ryan Mears, our man Neil Flanagan, Shannon Howenick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, who I'm so happy we get to see in uh, just about under a week, uh, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, who there's a girl named Taffy in Mars Attacks. I was very surprised about that. <laughs> um, lovely Vivian, uh, Anthony Torres, Brandon from New Jersey, the great and powerful WH Park, John Cena, who just had a wonderful time at the New York Comic Con this week. Uh, I, I love living vicariously through all his posts and pictures. Um, of course, I mentioned him already, my godfather, Jesus. Shout out, Jesus. Shout out, Jesus, who again is celebrating uh, anniversary with his lovely wife, Lucy. So shout out, Lucy, as well. Um, Moises Garcia, Sean Levine, Eric Campbell, the newest member of the of the uh, PWT crew, uh, you know, Katie Fabe, and of course, our man, Steve Feast. If you want to sign up for the Patreon, just head over to patreon.com forward slash PWTcast. Again, uh, we have a lot of fun movie reviews and stuff that we've done in the past. We have uh, episodes of our Power Rangers retrospective called Go Go Scrump and Stank. Of course, we reviewed, um, you know, with the Scrump and Stank Detective Agency. You know, we've talked about Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, um, like Area 51, uh, you know, with our movie review show, we've done, you know, Forrest Gump, uh, Shawshank Redemption, um, Goodfellas, uh, just a, a ton of a ton of fun movie, classic movies, some weird ones in there, too. Uh, but yeah, if you know, if you're interested, just head over to patreon.com forward slash PWT cast. Um, Dave, it's been a long episode, so I believe it's uh, time we get out of here. Yeah, I gotta I gotta pee like a horse. So let's <laughs> get right. going. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, and next week, uh, you know, we're continuing this tradition of uh, you know, October doing Hollywood movie reviews. We'll be talking to Wes and Ashley Allen of the Allen Club. We'll be reviewing Midsummer. So uh, a lot of fun Halloween content coming forward uh, to you guys this week. And as well, if you're a member of the Patreon, uh, depending on your level, you'll be getting an episode talking about Dracula, slash, you know, like the Legend of Vampires, and a movie review of what we do in the shadows this Friday. So for the PWT cast, you guys, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And it's the friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So, until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.